It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, October 8, 2020. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Around 1,700 absentee votes were counted on Wednesday, and previously close races in Sitka's municipal election now have clear victors, though the results are technically unofficial until they're certified by the Assembly. Raven News connected with a few of the candidates last night to find out how they were feeling in their post-election bliss. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Over 3,300 people voted in Sitka's municipal election this year. That's the highest voter turnout in at least 15 years, with most voters participating early. Municipal Clerk Sarah Peterson and a team of election officials counted just under 1,700 early and absentee ballots on Wednesday, and that wave of votes sealed the deal for the next assembly and school board. As it stands, Stephen Eisenbeis is Sitka's newest mayor. Though Eisenbeis and incumbent Gary Paxton were fewer than 30 votes apart when Tuesday's returns were tallied, Eisenbeis surged ahead when the early votes were added in, receiving 1,831 votes. Crystal Duncan and Rebecca Hemshute also surged ahead, winning the two open assembly seats. Duncan received 1,941 votes, and Hemshute received 1,771. Duncan and Eisenbeis couldn't be reached for comment on Wednesday night. Hemshute said she was grateful and ready to get started, while acknowledging the assembly will face some difficult decisions over her three-year term. I feel super humbled by, by the outcome. I feel grateful, and I feel a little bit terrified. The decisions that we're going to have to make are really big and really hard, and I care very deeply about this community and about what the people in the community think and how they feel and how they're doing. And so knowing that I'm part of some really big decisions that are going to impact people, um, there's a lot of gravity to that. Andrew Hames and Blossom Twitchell will retain their seats on the Sitka School Board. After early votes were tallied, Twitchell surpassed Cass Pook by just over 200 votes, for a total of 1,649. I couldn't have done it without my family and friends and the people of Sitka that voted. And um, finally, I would like to reach out and ask that People tell my high school teachers that I'm finally reaching my potential. And above all, thank you, everyone. Twitchell is a graduate of Mount Edgecombe High School. I feel really great. Um, I've really enjoyed the short time I've been on school board so far, and I'm really excited to keep working with the team. And I'm very honored that so much of the community agrees with that. Andrew Hames took the most votes of any candidate this year, with 2,629 votes. Hames is most concerned about the upcoming budget process. He knows it will be, quote, gnarly, but there is an upside. I feel a little better knowing that the whole community and state and country is in the same boat. <laughs> so we're going to need to we're going to need to work together to figure figure things out. There's still a handful of ballots left to count, but they won't make much of a dent in the final tally. Municipal Clerk Sarah Peterson said there were fewer than 70 question and absentee ballots remaining. Those will be counted on Friday. The results remain unofficial until they are certified when the assembly meets on October 13th. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. This year, the FCC opened a window of opportunity for Native Americans to secure rights to their own wireless broadband networks. 
As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, talks are underway of creating an intertribal network to improve internet connectivity in Southeast Alaska's villages. Southeast Alaska tribes have few communities connected by road. And while the internet has helped bridge gaps from physical distances, it's often far from fast or reliable. That was on display this month when Central Council of Tlingit and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska held its 85th Tribal Assembly entirely online. Tribal Vice President Will Micklin says the COVID-19 pandemic made that necessary, but the digital divide was apparent. It was um, a difficult connection for most of the villages outside of Sitka, Ketchikan, and Juneau. Klingit and Haida is among hundreds of tribal entities nationwide to apply for a special wireless spectrum license to fill gaps in communities underserved by commercial carriers. We don't have a profit motive. Our motive is delivery of service. I, I really view broadband as a, an inherent right for our tribal citizens, and uh, that is made ever uh, clearer to me by the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, where deficiencies in infrastructures became ever more apparent. This year, the FCC made that possible by offering a spectrum for wireless broadband, such as 5G data service, to Native communities. Any unclaimed bandwidth will be auctioned off later to private carriers. Other tribes in Southeast are taking the same initiative. Huna Indian Association has a pending application with the FCC. Tribal Administrator Bob Starbard says it covers the tribal's traditional territory and even some neighbors. Our plan is to use it to create a broadband network for all of the community residents of Huna and any of the other population center that happen to fall within our territory. That overlaps with Klingit and Haida's application, but both tribes say they'd cooperate, not compete. The regional tribe has pledged not to overlap its services with local tribes. If a tie-in with a commercial carrier doesn't make sense for Huna, Starbard says there's talk of joining forces. This will all be on the same 2.5 gigahertz spectrum. There's a joint effort uh, within tribes that's being discussed with Klingit and Haida Central Council and uh, other tribes of uh, some form of intertribal network. But first, the FCC will need to issue the licenses. And when it does, hundreds of tribes across the U.S. are expected to have a unique opportunity to fill gaps in connectivity in underserved areas, which describes most of rural Alaska. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Several Americans have been cited by law enforcement in British Columbia for breaking rules intended to prevent the spread of COVID-19. This comes after the Canadian Border Service Agency implemented tougher restrictions in July for travelers driving to or from Alaska through Canada. Staff Sergeant Janelle Choyette with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police says law enforcement were contacted when a group of travelers failed to social distance and wear masks while making a stop in Fort St. John's in late August. Three individuals who were traveling from America into up to Alaska and were found to have been in a, in a uh, local area restaurant not wearing a um, mask and dining in and having contact with people inside the restaurant and then sustained contact with people after the restaurant. So they were fined $1,000 each. Shoyet says that in another instance, a family of five driving from Alaska to Washington was cited for failing to make the trip in the amount of time they were allotted by CBSA. Border agents notified law enforcement, and the group was escorted to the border and fined. Shoyet says that incidents such as these have been rare. 
you know, we encourage everybody to listen to the regulations and abide by those regulations. I mean, certainly we're not out to give fines to everybody, but, you know, if you are found to be not compliant with that, we will certainly issue the fines, and that is to protect all Canadians and, and, and our communities. The Canadian border has been closed to non-essential travel since March. Alaskans are allowed to travel through the country for essential reasons and under certain conditions. CBSA requires travelers to wear masks while in transit and remain in their vehicle as much as possible. New regulations implemented in July require motorists to enter Canada through one of five border crossings when making their way to Alaska. Travelers who cross the border are given a specific date by which they must depart Canada and are required to take the most direct route from their point of entry to their point of exit. 28 people at the Fairbanks Pioneer Home tested positive for COVID-19, the Department of Health and Social Services announced Tuesday. That number includes nine residents and 19 staff members. The first case of the cluster was reported two weeks ago, and after that, employees were tested twice weekly, regardless of symptoms. Beginning on Monday, DHSS says that residents started being tested twice a week, regardless of symptoms. The news comes as COVID-19 cases have surged across the state, including in Fairbanks. State data shows that Fairbanks reported a record-high 55 new cases in one day on Monday. Staff who tested positive are self-isolating at home, and residents who tested positive are isolated at the facility with dedicated staffing. DHSS says in a release that the Pioneer Home is also enhancing its use of PPE and ramping up its sanitization. The Alaska Veterans and Pioneer Home in Palmer is the only other home currently with an active case of COVID-19. That's after a staff member tested positive over the weekend, says DHSS. The Anchorage Pioneer Home, which experienced a large outbreak earlier this summer, hasn't had a new case of COVID-19 for two weeks, according to DHSS. And taking a look at the community calendar for today and tomorrow in Sitka. Today, the local emergency planning committee meets at noon in Harrigan Centennial Hall. The blessing of the pets is now 2 p.m. today on the front lawn of the Sitka Pioneers Home. And a Facebook Virtual Alaska Federation of Natives event to support Proposition 2 is 3 to 4 p.m. today. Looking forward to tomorrow, Cycling to Safety, a free 4-H series open to youth age 8 to 12 who are able to ride on their own, continues 1 p.m. tomorrow. And Sitka Outreach and Support Lifeline Group invites the public to its meeting 1 p.m. tomorrow via Zoom. The final ballot counting for the Sitka regular municipal election of October 6 is 2 p.m. tomorrow in Harrigan Centennial Hall. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News. This is morning.